For the Millers, movie nights were once tradition. Now Sarah could hardly get through the opening credits, not on that old couch. But one day while shopping on QVC.com, she learned Lazy Boy recliners had slimmed down a bit. And in just a few clicks, Sarah got her Lazy Boy chair and a popcorn maker and a soundbar by Bose. And with one quick trip to QVC.com, Movie Night and Sarah's Back were saved. Shop QVC.com slash podcast and use code QVC20podcast for $20 off $40 for new customers. This is shopping brought to life. Hello, friends. What's up? Welcome back. A special episode. I, I, you know, right now in the podcast, um, like episode backlog that we have, I'm like 12 episodes behind. So when you hear a podcast on Monday, I recorded all that like a couple of weeks ago, and then I feel disconnected from you in real time. And I was also thinking like, it's so clear that we have so much more content to make and in conversations to have with people. What if I did a couple midweek episodes? So this is one of them. I'm recording this in real time, dropping it just two days after I do this intro. So first off, I want to say briefly, thank you uh, for those to those of you who donated during our holy shit week giving campaign. It was unbelievable the response that we had. It, we raised several thousand dollars, um, and honestly. That is 90% of like our income as an organization. It's donations. So I just want to give a, a huge shout out right away to the people who donated. It, it meant the world, uh, especially to know that so many of you listen to the podcast and that's how you heard about it. So thank you for giving. Uh, it, it means a lot. So that being said, on this episode, I'm going to warn you right now. I interviewed Matt Matias. He is the creator of uh, Memes for Jesus. It's a massive meme page. Him and I are actually quite friendly. We talk in, uh, behind the scenes semi-often. He's a great content creator. He's helped me just strategize on best ways to create content. Um, and I wanted to get him on to have a real conversation because Matt is one of these people. He's really where I used to be uh, regarding like where he stands uh, with like the queer community. I, for a long time, was technically not quote unquote affirming because I thought that the Bible was clear about this thing. But I also had this view of like, but that shouldn't stop us from just being kind humans and for fighting for the rights of people in America to exist with the full weight of the Constitution behind them. And Matt is someone kind of in those spaces. So I'm warning you now, he is not affirming. Uh, so this might be a triggering episode for some of you. This is not an episode that you have to listen to. Uh, but Matt is one of those people where I think if only all evangelicals who were not affirming were like Matt, <laughs> meaning like, yeah, I have these views, but it doesn't stop me from, from advocating or from realizing that American evangelicalism has done a great disservice uh, to the queer community. So we talk about a lot of other things on top of that. We talk about um, some, some meme drama. We talk about just some fun stuff in the beginning. We get into deconstruction and just some of his views. We talk about, we, we, we talk about the Christian tradition, um, so this is actually, I think, a very, it's much more of a dialogue. It's much more of a conversation than me necessarily interviewing uh, someone. But I am going to have a few more of these conversations with other creators who have either impacted me or who I know. Uh, and I figured Matt might be a good first start. So anyway, listen, I hope you enjoy this conversation. It's not 
uh, it's not like our normal dialogues, um, but I would love your feedback. Did, did, did you enjoy this conversation? Do you think it's helpful? Um, you know, just be honest with me. You can shoot me a DM on Instagram or you can email us podcast at the new evangelicals.com. I would truly love to hear your feedback. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Matt. I hope you enjoy it. Talk to you all next time. Channel's way cooler. Why, thank you. Excellent connection. I'm waiting for this to come through. Beep boop. There we go. Okay, I think we're good. I'm going to be like, say hi in the comments. How do you... So you can see YouTube on your end? Because I can't see anything besides just Riverside. Um... So, like, I'm looking at the preview screen. I'm looking at, like, two screens here. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. So, oh, I guess um, I could do that, too. So, um, cool. I should yeah. try, I have to turn off the audio. Is it under your... What, what account is it? Meme Lord? Meme Lord Monday, yep. That's what we're doing. Say hi. Wow, we're comments. doing the big one. Well, uh, actually, Memes for Jesus YouTube has more followers, like a lot more. Oh, wait. Sorry. That's what I thought. Okay. I, I, yeah, you're right. I, I, um, dude, I'm no, man. I'm just as confused as with all the crap that I do, man. I just dude. like. <laughs> also, why is my, I'm such a, it's such a low res thumbnail of me. I know. I couldn't find anything faster. I Jeez, put this together in like asked, five seconds. <laughs> oh, wow. If this isn't telling of, of, of the favorite here. Wow. I dude. mean, here's you. You almost look like that stupid, like, God meme of, like, the dude with, like, the chiseled jawline, like, the six pack. Chad. Yeah, that's, yeah, dude, that's me. Hell, that's my brand. That that's you look my like brand. that. And then here's me, all grainy. It looks like I'm, I'm it looks like I, this was, you know, made an MS DOS, like a Windows 95 compact Presario, <laughs> and upload at, at, like, 200 kilobytes. And then here you oh go, buddy. Gosh. Dude, Garcia's here. What's up, Evan? Hello, Evan does. Yeah, Evan does. Um, anything we do, I always see Evan. Yeah, it's great. He's the best. He's the best. I think I took him from your hand, from your hands. Like ever since I, we first talked, I think he he migrated on over here. Mo- so are we live on- now? Yep, we're live. My feed doesn't say live. I'm gonna re. No, I, I on the feed I see nothing besides. Oh, you know what? You're right. I did this before. <laughs> I'm see? so sorry. What would you do without me, dude? Go live. Let's it was see. saying preview and everything, dude. I did this once with like a really huge guest too. All <laughs> right. Now we're live. All right. Wow. Cool. Thank you for saying something because we would have just been talking. Well, like I was saying earlier, I will say <laughs> it again for the audience out there. <laughs> I can't believe the the thumbnail difference in, qu- in picture quality. So, yep. Yeah, it's because I hate that's the that's the reason that's the that's the i'm just telling you straight up that's hilarious (laughs) tell the truth shame the devil so i'm gonna get my uh education educated glasses on why do you look so good i look so blurry on this feed it's my house i guess i need like a higher res situation yeah i don't know man i whatever i mean my uh, this people um who know streaming always rag on like my streaming quality um and it's better when it's just me because I have another streaming thing that I do. I should have done that one. I should have tried to add you that to that one. Yeah, Anyways. whatever. Anyways, we're we're over here nitpicking about stuff. But yo, if you're watching this, let me see. The if you're one of the 
three <laughs> three concurrent viewers i love you guys um i just want to let you know even though this is streaming on my channel tim is going to be interviewing me for his podcast so this is going to show up on his podcast you guys have just the privilege of sitting in on this conversation as tim interviews me with his tremendous interview skills so i'm just gonna i'm gonna sit back and, and see what tim has in store for me i don't even know my first question is how dare you <laughs> And my second question is, what gives you the right? <laughs> I know what movies that's from. It's from The Office. Okay, okay. It's, it's when Michael is getting rid of Toby and he has like this entire plan. And then all of a sudden it turns out that uh, Holly and I think Pam are sitting in on like his exit interview. And so he has to phrase all of his converse, all these like statements in like a very different way. <laughs> oh, that's right. What in the form of a question. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah okay so you're on my podcast technically yeah yep. but we're live streaming on your youtube channel because you said you wanted more subs See, I'm gonna go <laughs> spot. We're, we're fully transparent here at tne matt uh so so me being the gracious person that i am i said sure yeah. i need you some know, of that clout we will we will we will share some of this this clout with you no problem we're very generous <laughs> i will say though for my audience who's listening to this after we did this live stream it is cool matt talking to you because you and i talk actually a lot mm -hmm. behind the scenes probably almost, like daily almost every day almost every close. day close yeah and, and you have been helping me out a ton with uh, with with making um, our short form video content a little bit tighter, a little bit cleaner. And I mean, we've had we've had some huge success. I mean, you know, uh, some of our videos have done what can I a say, quarter man? of a million. What can yeah, I, I say, man? That, that's why I call you Sensei, bro. Because when, when, I gotta say, like, when, when it comes to content creation, you seem to have your finger on the pulse of like what sticks. And there are definitely times where I've done stuff that like that did fine. But since I've put these, you know things into, into practice and also have sent you some of the videos and some of the rough drafts. Uh, it's been cool to see that. But I think for my audience, they might not know a whole lot about you regarding like the work that you do, because you're you're behind one of the biggest like Christian meme pages, I think, on the Internet, period. So why don't you kind of give us like the very short intro to that? Yeah. So for those who don't know, my name is Matt Matias. I run and own Memes for Jesus. Um, it, it's been like a huge story behind that it's a lot of drama behind that that tim has actually been a part of as well in certain certain ways yeah um, in a helpful way but um yeah it started by my buddy michael schaefer who is the the first and and he's the chosen one of christian memes <laughs> uh because memes for jesus he started it back in 2012 when there really wasn't any like big notable christian meme pages there were like some here and there but they were like super cringy and just not that good and he was like, well, I can do this. And he, so he started making really good memes. And uh, Memes for Jesus blew up super fast, um, like hundreds of thousands of followers within like months. Um, and he's just like, ever since then, uh, he, he like he and he brought me on like in 2018, 2019 era, whatever. And uh, we've been making memes since. And, uh, you know, he's kind of just like, make he likes making memes, but I'm like more of the business mind like ceo type mentality type thing and we're besties like he and me and him are we're best friends i was the best man in, at his wedding and uh we talk literally every day mm. and uh he's like matt just just take it just take it and so he just gave it over and so i'm i'm the ceo of memes for jesus <laughs> mike is like this c uh no i guess mike would be the ceo and i would be the coo how does that yeah work? chief operating officer yeah 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's stupid. It's some stupid meme page. We make cringy memes, uh, <laughs> Christian memes that we like to, you know, make fun of the cringy stuff in Christianity and just, you know, be silly and goofy for real. I mean, can, can are we allowed to talk now about some of the the situation that happened with like the meme war? Yeah. So when I mentioned Tim being like instrumental in some of the stuff that we've done or, or because or, it was like a lot of stuff that went into the ownership of the page. Um, right. We can talk a little bit more freely about it before because it was like kind of like a legal thing for a while. This, yeah. Again, this is so silly. This is just, <laughs> it's a meme page. But I mean, what happened was when Mike first started the meme page, um, a company reached out to him and they wanted ownership or partial ownership of the page so they could do yeah. all this marketing stuff. And he was like 18 years old when he started. So he was like, yeah, that sounds great. Cause we'll, he, you know, they promised him a uh, check in the mail and stuff. And right, so, of course. you know, it, it, about nine, 10 years pass. And, uh, and, and I'm, I get introduced to the picture. I'm like, dude, these guys, I don't know about these guys. And that's really all I'll say. That's I'll just say, I don't know about these guys. Yeah. And, uh, so it came to a point where we didn't want to work with them anymore and they didn't want to listen to us. So we were like, guys, you know what you're doing. So why don't you guys have the page? So we walked away from like 900,000 followers and just, you know, started our own thing. And, and, and then when we did that, it caused this massive meme war. Like we yes, know did. some powerful memers out there. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. So I Go I ahead. got wind of this through some of my uh, anonymous contacts. So I can never I can never reveal them because the work that that that, that they do is so important. And one of them was like, "Yo, there's some stuff going down here because it, it looks like um, it looks like memes for Jesus just had a big corporate takeover." I'm like, "This is not good. Mm. We already don't like mega church. We don't like corporate anything. <laughs> and now, like one of like the OGs. I mean, your page, along with a few others, like uh, Christians who curse sometimes, yep. epic Christian memes. Those are like neutral ground, right? Like, like me." And honest youth pastor will both like the same memes, mm-hmm. right? Like, like it's one of those situations where we all shake hands when it comes to the meme culture of Christianity because they're oftentimes so hilarious. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh my goodness. So then I talked to you and I started doing some digging and I reached out to some more contacts who have some other connections. And it turned out like this whole thing was super sus. It was super <laughs> sus. Yeah. And I'm like, this is unethical. This is wrong, and it's time to join in the meme war. So we did, yeah. and 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 it wasn't me necessarily, like single handedly, but I would say people in our community and a few other folks that I know dug up um some some stuff on like this company, and then one of the people from that company reached out to me in DMs, and we, we went back and forth for a while, and I was like, listen, man, you don't know like what you you just don't understand the culture that 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 you are a part of right now, and you don't understand that people will fight to the death to protect some of these pages because of how essential they are for all of our sanity. I mean, people who are fully deconstructing their faith and would now be considered more progressive, still send me memes for Jesus stuff or Christians who curse sometimes stuff. Like mm-hmm. these things are there. It's sanity for all of us. Right. Right. So anyway, I mean, it wasn't just me, but through all of us, I think exploding the story, dude, Buzzfeed picked it up. Yeah. All right. We, we <laughs> talked to a Buzzfeed journalist and we're like, Oh my gosh. And a- after a long, hard fought war, we got your page back. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll say this. I think it was definitely instrumental in us getting the page back because you're right. They they didn't know what they were doing. 
they didn't know what they were getting involved with. Um, cause we have, so on, on Instagram at that time, we had about 350,000 followers on Instagram yep. and, uh, about 550,000 on Facebook and about 10,000 on TikTok. So we had followers everywhere and we were doing yeah. really well. We were growing. And so we stepped away from it. And all these people are like seeing reposts when totally, excuse me, we are, we create original <laughs> meme content. All right. I pride myself in making very original. I'm not a repost page guys. Like sometimes well, I'll share something that I like, but really like, quick. Uh, go when ahead. you say repost, you mean taking another meme that's already been created and reposting it on your page, right? That, right. That, that's what a repost is. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately the landscape of, of a lot of Christian meme pages out there is they'll see something trending and then they'll post it too. And it's like, you see the same meme a hundred times on your timeline, but no, yeah. no, no, we don't play that at memes for Jesus. <laughs> we give you the real authentic <laughs> curated memes for the people. Yeah. All right. We, yeah, give, right, we're, right. We're, we bring you original content. This is organic oh, grass fed, <laughs> antibiotic free, yes. cage free yep. chicken. You know Lo- what I mean? Locally like, whatever. sourced, yeah. <laughs> sustainable. <laughs> Fair trade, free range <laughs> right, memes. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's stamped, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I will say, I mean, dude, people were like, they were, they were ticked in those comments for a while because they would oh, yeah. be like, hey, we've seen this or, or the, the memes just weren't that good. Like they, they just were not good memes. Well, none of them were original. Right. You know? <laughs> Although seriously, they, they can't make original memes. No, no, you know? definitely not. Definitely and so not. you can't just hop on a meme page that has for 10 years Right. made original memes and it's yeah. like that's what our followers came to accept so when they started seeing like reposts and like you know tiktok stuff they were like bro what's going on and they started noticing they started raging and they didn't know they didn't they weren't ready for the tsunami of dms that came and then you were in your page like guys it's a corporate takeover dm a- them <laughs> unfollow and you were like heading the charge like tim's being very humble right now but he was screaming in his stories and i leading- was william wallace yeah. baby freedom yeah. <laughs> he had the tribal pla- tribal paint in his stories <laughs> He was digging up these guys like IP addresses. He was going no, crazy. We, we we dug, dude. We we definitely dug up some stuff and like we found like all the shell corporations and how they were trying to mask all of this, like where their actual location was. So, I mean, we we obviously did that not to harass or to intimidate, but just to try and understand who are these people, yeah, and what exactly are what is their actual goal? Because all their language language publicly was so corporate, right? It was that corporate BS of like, no, we're just here to make good content. We're not here. There's no take over and we're all like guys you don't understand you just stepped into a world of people who either make the sausage still or know how the sausage is made and yeah. no longer do it yeah. so don't 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 you're not fooling anyone by trying to tell us like no we're just an innocent company trying to grow the pay no 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 something way deeper is going I on i want my <laughs> organic non-gmo memes yeah. And I want them now or else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's what so, okay. Yeah. So, so, so you do that and then you guys got your page back and now is it mainly just you behind the whole means for Jesus thing. Like is Mike or Michael, is he involved at all? So let me just take a step back quick. So like that, that definitely, like I said, that definitely helped us get it back. But what happened was like, we were prepared to walk away from it completely and cut all ties. And yeah. they reached out and said, you guys deserve this back and you guys are phenomenal creators. So like, I want to, you know, give praise where it's due, give kudos where it's due. They were, they straight up said, Hey, we're sorry. 
you, you guys can have this back. And so they gave it back 100%. And so we don't have to do, you know, we don't have to deal with Good. any uh, sus, sus behavior anymore. And yes, to answer your question, it, it is mostly me. So um, my buddy, Michael Schaefer, he just had a baby. Yep. Um, and, uh, yep. he's, he's taking care of, uh, the baby and, and, you know, some things that came along with that. And so, but he handles like Facebook and just hand and, and posting mostly on there. And, uh, I handle like memes for Jesus, the like administrative stuff that comes with handling all these followers. And I make, uh, all the reels that, that are on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I, I make and post all of those and I have some yeah. help from some other contributors that, um, I bring on some buddies of mine that that I, I pay them to help me out because uh, making daily memes is like it's a it's a lot of work for sure. So and, for and sure. but but I want to make sure people are you know getting that that dopamine hit. They're feeling good. They're feeling happy, and they're able to laugh about stuff that that's you know that we can either laugh or talk about. And uh, so that's what I do. I do that, and then I have my personal podcast, Meme Lord Monday, that we're streaming on right now, where I go like deeper from the memes and I talk with some of the Christian creators and I, I go more into like the serious topics that are behind the memes. Cause stuff makes yeah. you laugh, but there's always like a deeper meaning behind the meme. And so totally. that's why I call it meme Lord Monday. Cause it's like after Sunday, you know what, how can we look at these memes like a meme Lord and talk about them? So that's, yeah. uh, that's what I do. Well, I mean, most recently we also won another war um, with, with the whole worship leader. Fiasco. Oh yes, so, dude. You know, I, I'm not sure, audience, how many of you are actually engaged like in our content on social media. Because I, I am finding more and more that like the podcast world is so different than the Instagram world yes. sometimes. But there was another major controversy really in the Christian evangelical culture where we discovered that the term worship leader is trademarked by a company called worshipleader.com. Long story short, they were in, they were trying to enforce their trademark on other accounts or companies that had worship leaders somewhere in their name. The biggest one being the, the, the brand worship leader problems. And this became a huge thing. And once again, all the meme pages and some others, we all assembled and we waged an all out non dehumanizing, but intense war of Hey, worshipleaders.com. Like, what are you doing? Uh, and really, um, it was a whole thing. I mean, we have a highlight on, on our Instagram. You can look it up, but I will say as of now, we are two and oh, because <laughs> worship leader finally admitted that yes, we dropped the ball on this thing completely. And they also said that, that, that they would stop all of their current, like, I'm not sure if it's like legal litigation, but essentially they were going to back off and let worship leader problems have their name back. Stop, you know, going after accounts with the word worship leader inside of it. So I, I, I was talking to uh, Christians who curse sometimes about this. And I said, you know, dude, like there's a lot of power here. Like and with great power does come great responsibility. Yeah. So it's important that we're always doing our due diligence because once we announce this stuff to our followers and to our people in our community, I mean, they get behind it pretty quick, yeah. you know? So, I would hate to put them on the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this a little bit. So this wasn't just, you know, them being like a bully. It was them overstepping their bounds in a way that's like unheard of. Uh, yeah. If like for for meme pages as well. And so, you know, when you attack memes, 
It's like yeah. you're falling on your own sword because it's like that's as you mentioned earlier. That's like everybody's watering holes. That's that's the neutral ground. <laughs> totally, totally. They were trying to use. So first of all, the fact that they trademarked the term "worship leader," like, dude, cringe, cringe. <laughs> like that is top tier cringe, bro. And then and then, like you said, they were bullying meme pages because they had the term "worship leader" in it. Um, like, what are you doing? And so, and I mean, you talked about de- not being de- uh, non-dehumanizing. Bro, I was pretty dehumanizing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> In my stories, I was like, these guys are disgusting. These guys suck. I was, I was like, letting them have it. I mean, I didn't, I blocked them so they couldn't see it. But I was like, these guys are despicable. I did not care, dude. But yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they they they, they they operated. So I talked to one of them. I talked to one of the main dudes. I think his name was Josh or something. He's 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 on the website. This isn't like secret information. Yeah, and you know, like the I did an audio message conversation with him because I didn't want to just do text. And like it was just very clear that again, this person was in like full on corporate defense mode. Yeah, and it's like guys, you don't understand. Like you're not dealing with people. Who, who like are not aware, like we're, I'm a, a, a former worship dude for 20 something years, yeah. you know, like we know what we're talking about and we know how this works and they, they deflected at one point they were contradicting themselves. Oh yeah. All I mean, literally place. they would say on a story, we've never enforced our trademark legally. Then on their website under a different article, it says we have enforced our trademark legally. I mean, like bl- that, that yeah. blatant of a contradiction. And then they were deleting comments. They weren't responding. They do at one point they, they borderline doxed rogue worship leader. So, so, well, and they again, totally this did. is all, they this totally is all public information. So here's why I call it kind of, I'll tell you why. Yeah. So rogue worship leader, when he, when he got wind of all this a while ago he went to trademark his name that way worship leader would not go after them because they had a trademark well whenever you trademark anything you can look up the trademark the information is available and it includes a name and usually an address but you have to know where to look like it's there but it's not like right in front of your face well at one point worship leader was screenshotting and sharing that full thing, including the person's name and address, which by the way, that person, I still think maybe not now, but he at least was anonymous on that page up until that point. And all of a sudden they're sharing the full screenshot with the trademark, the person's name and home address because he was, he, he didn't have time to change it over yet. And we're like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> and, and, and I think what, what, what makes it the worst. On top of all this is that this is a page or a company that's like, we just want to honor Jesus. We just, we, we, we're not here to be a business. We're just here to love God and love people. And you're like, guys, we know what these words mean. We've been, I've been part of mega churches before. Okay. Like we know how this world works. Stop pretending that somehow you're just an altruistic nonprofit, you know, and, and then here are these big bad people just trying to destroy worship, uh, worship leaders. So, Dude, so anyway, slimy. but like you said, yeah. to their point, they did, they finally admitted that, yeah, we, we, we dropped the ball. So <clears throat> yeah, memes win. <sighs> Uh, always, we always get the W, <laughs> you know, we're in it for the long game too. Like if you, if you even delete our page, we'll make a new one. You know what I mean? We'll get no, the same for, followers. <laughs> you can't beat it's, us. <laughs> it's like Michael Scott, bro. When he gets kicked out of Dunder Mifflin, he's like, I'll make another company and another company and another company. I mean, that's what you guys do. We're obviously not a meme page, but yeah. we are, I'm connected to a lot of you, like through, through the, the back end and stuff. So anytime I, I, anytime I get wind of like something's coming up, I'm like, ah, perfect. Yeah. This will be great. You love this stuff. I, I, 
<laughs> I, I do. And I, 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 you know what? We have never talked about this before, but I think I'll tell you why I love this stuff. Okay. There are two layers to it. First, I think the obvious obvious layer is, okay, we care a ton about the Christian faith. We care a ton about evangelical culture still. And like any chance to like help expose bad actors who are doing things that are not good, we want to help do. But on a different level, these things are a lot lighter of a topic than what we usually cover. And I think it gives our audience in our community something to kind of get behind that isn't so life or death for people but it's like yeah this is still important for sure but it's not nearly at the level of like hey this pastor got arrested for you know um a child abuse you know so i think it kind of it kind of solves that like uh, or it, it kind of quenches that thirst of like we can laugh we can have fun it's still serious but it's kind of that combination yeah so i i think that's why i like these well i don't like them but but, but whenever they come up i like participating in them because it kind of gives our whole community a break from the seriousness of the work that we do all the time yeah yeah it is like like you said it's but it's like the corporate and the ugly and the like all the ugliness of um the evangelical church shows up in these too because there's like greed there's corporate greed yeah you know that that shows its face and um yeah there's there's so much to this whole worship leader thing that I think exposes uh, you know the mega church structure and the, the industrial church complex in, in like a bigger light I think cuz um my buddy um oh my goodness I'm forgetting his name cuz I'm a dad what's well, uh the, 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 yeah I'm totally drawing a blank here he's the former lead singer of uh the city harmonic um, and I've introduced. Oh, him. is that Elias? Elias, Dummer? yes, Elias uh, Dummer. He Dummer. He's um, the head of a worship leader research project, and they came up with like a lot of really telling statistics. And they basically discovered that like ninety percent of all worship songs that are on the radio um, or just sung in churches, they come from like three mega churches. You know what I'm saying? Right. So totally. it's like the, we are so. I don't know. It's just disgusting to me. And I mean, I'm not good at deciphering statistics and stuff like that. I'm a dumb meme Lord, but that just disgusts me, dude. You know? Well, well, I mean, dude, listen, here's the thing. As a drummer for a lot of years in those spaces, anyone who leads worship could, could have told you that. Like there are pretty much three massive worship groups that give us maybe 90% of the songs that, that, that most churches play in this world. Then you have like some, you have some, some lower peripheral ones. Like you have a uh, vertical worship might do some, uh, maybe a North point tune, like death was arrested might come into play and mm-hmm. maybe like a one-off here or there. But as far as like, the bulk of the songs you're going to sing, it's either Hillsong, Bethel, or Elevation Worship. Like, that is the overwhelming majority of what dominates. Yeah. And, I mean, listen, I, music and worship is a passion of mine still. And it is, like, I think frustrating for me just to see um, the the amount of, like, just profit and just industry that is around this thing. I mean, the, the, the genie's out of the bottle. I don't think it goes back in, you know? But mm-hmm. it, it is, I think concerning especially because the term worship is so closely associated now with, with like a musical experience as opposed to the full brevity of what that word actually entails mm, yeah. uh for the christian you know yeah <clears throat> and like there's so many memes that can come from that too it's like <laughs> totally that's you know, great for you. one of my favorite memes that like i tried it there's you know i've been doing this for a while 
Um, even yeah. before I came on Meme Strategies, I was I was always a memer. Um, <laughs> and I test, you know, different memes and I have so much data because <laughs> I like to right. analyze like how people interact with the memes that I make. There's one meme that I, I'm really trying to figure out how to make it in a way that it's it's more acceptable. But it's like the person next to you that worships with their hands up and it's like they're not wearing deodorant. Like I've tried that meme so many times <laughs> on it being stinky and nasty <sighs> and inappropriate. But like nobody seems to like that. But that's the type of stuff that I think of when I <laughs> when I think of worship. I'm like <laughs> people people just stink. And uh so yeah, I don't know where I came from with that. But like I wanna I, I just think like worship in general, um because like I mentioned, it is like an industrial complex within evangelicalism. Um, yeah. There's so much cringe there. And so you got yeah. worship leader um, who it seems like they, they kind of had like this personality where they felt entitled to boss people around yes. because they had the trademark and, and they, they had like, they were used to people just kind of backing down whenever they said, well, this is our trademark. So you got to do what we say. I mean, that in and of itself I, like it just it doesn't feel commonplace even outside the christian world you know what i mean like what do you think totally about that? I, I yeah i mean <laughs> I, I don't know I, the, the whole situation and again folks if you wanted to read more about it in detail we have highlights on it you can check it out but it, it, it was very clear to me it was another example of the actions don't match the words yeah you know like like don't tell me that your platform is built on equipping worship leaders while you're also targeting worship other worship accounts that have just the term worship leader in somewhere in the title worship leader problems is not trying to be worship leader at all right. it's a to totally different name right or rogue worship leader but to have um a company who trademarked that now trying to enforce it and trying to say, hey, either you change your branding or else. It's like, guys, it, I think it demonstrates this sense of like, we're not in this together. You're a threat to me. Yeah. And that was what in my DMs with that guy, Josh, he mentioned like the word competitors. And I'm just like, I said, dude, that's you just don't get it. Like you, 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 you don't hear yourself when you think that other people who let's just go with like the typical Christian evangelical framework. If we're all united in Christ and that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. And that means that we're spending all eternity together. That means that we're on the same team. Hmm. So don't try and tell me that like, Hey man, we're all on the same team while you're also trying to bully out other people in the family because they have just used two very common words that get used everywhere mm -hmm. in the name of whatever you know instagram or business you know platform that they're running that's also helping people worship leader problems listen you know me matt we talk a lot i'm kind of over the whole worship leader culture personally yeah but like the dude who runs worship leader problems what's his name brian yep right yeah i've talked to him a few times to this he seems like a very genuine sincere person the who guy. just wants to help people i can't listen despite my my, my personal thoughts on worship and, and this whole idea okay dude like hey to each his own you're trying to help people help people right so to have an, uh, another company like worship leader come in and essentially try and bully him to 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 change because he might be infringing on their brand it's like wow yeah uh, you know and like it just shows the 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 hierarchy of priorities for me and like you said earlier when you would talk with them uh there would be this weird language i mean and not, not only with the josh guy you were talking with like there's the other ceo her name is lexi um a lot of the comments that we'll see from her or her interactions with people who have dm'd her page or commented on the page it's always like you know 
well, you know, we just want to do what the spirit wants us to do and wants us. It's right. like this, this huge disconnect on yeah, totally like how to behave as a Christian and like what's appropriate in the business world and you know just the general tact in, in you know I, and for some reason I feel like this is so common in churches like I love the church um you know you and I when we did when we talked I have deconstructed in the past and I've re I've since reconstructed and so that's why I vibe with your page so much is because like I, I've been through that but one of the reasons I think de people deconstruct from the church is because of this bullcrap. It's because you got mm. people talking this overly pious bullcrap saying, yeah. well, you know, we just want to serve. We just want to love. Right. We want to do what the spirit leads us to do. And like while behind closed doors, you know, they're sending uh, cease and desists. Exactly. Like, what? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, which does bring us to the conversation, you know. So, are are you now, uh, you know, um, a full on raging progressive, uh, you know, far left Marxist socialist atheist who loves Jesus, or like, because I, you know, you you are for me someone who's sometimes hard to pin down as far as like where you land on th on some things that that maybe in our cultural moment are incredibly polarizing right for right mm -hmm. or for wrong uh and so you know you and i get along great even though we obviously have different views on some stuff but in other ways like i also find you very reasonable and i feel like people who maybe sometimes i think are more for for lack of a better word more conservative than me are oftentimes not reasonable mm. so like for you i mean where do you tend to see yourself in terms of like theology and like what you believe now and like and like where that would would put you on the spectrum of like i guess progressive to conservative again these words yeah. are not always adequate yeah. but they're the most commonly used ones well i consider myself a conservative um because I'm, <gasps> I'm very <laughs> i'm very end podcast see ya it's over um it's over because i'm i'm pretty hard line on like I, I am unaffirming but i but where you and i agree is that we need to like show massive amounts of love to the lgbtq community like unprecedented amounts of love to them because of how harmful and hurtful and hateful the conservative you know i guess quote-unquote right-wing conservative christians have been um and, and that's the thing i i think that I'm more like my philosophy is like, where can we find middle ground and, and where can we find areas to agree and, and really fulfill the, the, the total, the, there's a, there's a great commission as Christians and there's a great commandment. And the great commission is to go into the world and preach the gospel, you know, and baptize and disciple and make disciples. <clears throat> and the great commandment is to love the Lord, your God with all your heart and to love one another. So it's like, we, those are two things we should be, you know, like vehemently focused on as Christians. Mm -hmm. And so I, I get very uncomfortable when, you know, Christians are, are comfortable in talking and bad mouthing the LGBTQ community. And I want to focus on ways that we can like love them more. Cause I feel like a lot of the ways that we're treating them are is just not, it's just objectively wrong and it's not loving. Um, okay. So that's been something yeah. that I've kind of harped on on the podcast. And it's just something that I've kind of been known for, even though I am unaffirming. And I, which, for the, if you don't know, that just means that I don't believe that um, the LGBTQ lifestyle is compatible with Christianity. And some people get offended by the, the term lifestyle. But what I mean yeah. by that, uh, like those who are in the LGBTQ community, they say, well, it's not a lifestyle. Well, I, I say lifestyle because I would be more in line with like a Jackie Hill Perry, where she mm. she would say, I was born gay. I am gay. 
but I don't live as though I am. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the term and that's how I'm using it just to be more clear. What do you think? Well, well, I mean, right now you're talking to a lot of queer people, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, our, we are unapologetically affirming. Mm -hmm. We are inclusive, right? And you're talking to people who are probably listening and probably like, yeah, like this, this is not, this is not enough. Like, mm -hmm. or someone might be saying, don't tell me you love me. Right. When like you can't even, uh, you know, um, affirm me as a human being and allow me to kind of live my life. Right. right? And so I, 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 there's kind of two layers to this because I'm putting myself back in the position that I was in for a long time, which is kind of where you are, which is why I'm convinced that one day you're going to become affirming. Um, <laughs> um, I'm here to proselytize you to convince you. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting preached um, But, but like, you know, I, you and I, in the sense of for a long time in my life, even before I, I changed my theological stance on this, I and I have old podcasts and blogs before TNE proving this old Facebook posts of me realizing very quickly, like, wait a second, this this focus in my Christian culture of demonizing gay people and queer people seems really overblown. It just seems like it's it seems like it's a real massive focus compared to the other. I would argue bigger themes in scripture than these five or six verses that, 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 that we interpret a certain way. Right. And so I saw very early on, like the damage, and again, I was still pretty conservative. I wasn't affirming, but I saw early on the damage of like the rhetoric I would hear so often mm, yeah. towards people that would tell me, Hey, um, I'm never going back to church again because my youth pastor called me an abomination when I was 13. Mm. And I'd be like, yeah, that is horrible. Like that's so bad. Right. And so I, I'm kind of curious for you, like, I, I got to a point before I fully went over to like, hey, I just don't think theologically the, 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 it's there to, as far as like keeping my unaffirmative stance. But I got to a point where I said to myself, can't we at least make room for people who would interpret these five or six texts very differently than I would? Because yeah. we do that with so many other things in the Christian tradition, right? Uh. We, we, very few people would say, Hey, if you're more charismatic or if you're more reformed, you're not a real Christian, right? Like we debate all kinds of topics and how to interpret, uh, interpret scripture all the time. So I am kind of curious and keep in mind, you are talking to a lot of folks yes. who are queer, right? So just keep that in mind because I don't do, I don't bring people on the podcast who hold your position super often. I think it's important to have these conversations. Yeah. Um, but like for you, can you at least recognize that other people might see these scriptures different and they could very much be either affirming and or queer and a Christian? Like, how do you see that? Oh man, that's a loaded question, bro. <laughs> so like, this is uh, just to like clear the air a bit of where I stand. Like I want to get as close to the line as affirming as possible, because I don't find this to be an essential doctrine you know i don't find this, yeah. i don't find this to be an essential issue what i find to be yeah. essential is christ him crucified and the resurrection and the life that we get we get from christ through that resurrection so that's i feel yeah. that's essential and i feel like there's a lot of other essentials um that come from there that we need to affirm as christians um but like as far as like and i'm more focused on like how we treat the lgbt community too like i'm not going to say well I'm unaffirm unaffirming, so therefore, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm going to, I don't mind, and I had a, did a whole podcast about this. I don't mind selling, you know, uh, saying someone's pronouns. I have no problem with that. And I have a problem with Christians that will base their whole platform off of how they are, they are not going to, you know, say somebody's yeah. pro pronouns or that we're uh, affirming like some type of worldview because we say somebody's name 
the way that they want us to say it. You know, that's what I'm against. I'm against that stuff, that bull crap. Sure. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but like, as far as like the, the lifestyle being compatible with Christianity, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. I'm not going to say, yeah. um, I will forever be like this. And I, 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 I've studied this on both sides and I find I'm more convinced of the unaffirming, uh, camp. Um, and I'm, I'm open to any other dialogue. I've watched all the videos. You know, I talked with uh, Grace Baldridge on my podcast and, oh, yeah, and we yeah. had a really great conversation. I love her. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but like you are <laughs> I'm but trying maybe, to get uh, as close as I can. I'm not trying to put you in a corner. I'm just trying to yeah. understand. Right. Like, so this is not like a, a clickbait situation For where sure. I'm trying to like, you know, put you in, a, in an impossible situation. I'll put it this way. Right. Here's I'll, I'll, let's put it in this category. I have friends in my life um, who would hold to a different view about about how a church would function uh, regarding like its leadership, who's in that leadership, mm. you know, if it's elder led, pastoral led uh, versus how I would see it. Right. And we would both appeal probably to scripture and then we probably disagree on how we interpret c- certain passages. But I would never tell my friend, hey, man, you know, your lifestyle of church or like the way they, 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 they the way that you view church leadership, uh, I don't think it's compatible with the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. So what I'm asking you is like, for you right now in this moment, do you think that, it, that, that people can interpret these scriptures differently? Okay. You've, you've seen the evidence and say, Hey, I land here. Um, and I'm a Christian. You, what would your response to that be? Would it be, Hey man, sorry, you're just not a Christian because it's not compatible. Or would it be, yeah, we can make room to coexist and see these things different as Christians. I'm so here's where I'm at. I'm not in the business of saying who's saved and who's not saved. Yeah. I'm right. just not going to go there because I believe scripture says totally. salvation belongs to the Lord. That's something mm-hmm. that's in his hands. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to take, I'm not going to waste my time in saying, well, you know, if you do X, Y, Z, you're not saved. As far as my position is concerned, like if, if when people press me on it, cause I don't like to go, you know, shouting from the world that I, from the top of the, you know, mountaintops <laughs> that I'm yeah. unaffirming. Cause uh, as somebody just said, Ruth, she said, it's an unaffirming is a very strong term. It is. Um, yeah. And that's that's just where I land. But I mm-hmm. want to get as close to um, whatever is, is viewed as affirming as I can without violating my my stance on that. Does that make sense? Sure. So like that's my personal view. And I'm not in the business of saying, well, your my personal view needs to be your personal view. And, you know, in order for you to be a Christian, you need to affirm my personal view. I just find that a huge waste of time because, like I said, it's not totally. essential. This is very much a secondary right. issue. Um you know, if you're sinning, uh, you know, on, on my view, um, I can share with you my view on this, but I believe this is just one of those topics that's so complicated and so mm. complex. That's not mm-hmm. helpful, especially in these sure. t- days and age, like in the environment we're in right now, uh, the, the evangelical, the unaffirming evangelical world has done way too much damage to the affirming and the LGBTQ community. So, yeah. Uh, and and just you know the 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 environment we're in right now in America, evangelical America, like Christianity's one. We've got it. I mean, you know what I mean. We we are everywhere. We are strong. We are enforced. Right. So just about everybody knows about the Bible and Christianity and God and things like that. Um, yeah. And so like I don't need to become a salesman in order to totally. to win you to my religion or to win you to my position. Uh, it's right. just, that's a waste of time to me. Like I, I'm more in the business of, you know, I want to love you. I want to help you. And, you know, I'll share with you my beliefs if that's important to you. What's really important to me is, you know, 
is Jesus loving you, loving God, not putting anything before that. And, you know, we can argue about the non-essentials. Um, so, so do you think I'm a Christian? <laughs> we talked about this like, on my podcast. Yeah. I think, like, do you think I'm a Christian? Yeah, I think you are. Great. Yeah. All right. So there we are. I mean, you just made room for me. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I think that's what I was trying to demonstrate, so, right? In, well, here's in, the in difference. a simple way of like, I'm an affirming Christian. Yeah. I, I think that, that that the Bible has very little to say um, about like, you know, what we think is uh, queerness and being in that community and, and whatever. Um, and you say I'm a Christian. I think I'm a Christian. I think you're a Christian. And like, that would be an example for me of like, the Christian tradition is bigger, like you said, than just like how you land on this issue. Although, of course, I would argue personally that like in our day, there's so much harm being done mm-hmm. by the conservative evangelical flavor of Christianity towards the queer community that I think that that anyone, even folks who would hold maybe even more your position, Matt, of like, hey, theologically not affirming, but I recognize that you have a right to live in America. And like, you know, you should have full rights under, under the law. I'm assuming those are some of your positions, you know, for, for people who maybe would be there. But like, I'm just saying like, like even that position can still admit like, yeah, we've kind of like dropped the ball when it comes oh, yeah. to how we've spoken about this community and how we've treated them as Christians. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, you know, it's, it's different. I guess it's not the same as far as like the, the, um, the example that you gave, like, I believe you're a Christian. Um, I believe like say that if you were within the LGBTQ community, you know, then I would, I would be like, I'm not going to tell you if you're a Christian or not. That's what I, that's the way I would approach mm. it. I'd be like, yeah, I, you know, that's your relationship is between you and God. Um, yeah. <clears throat> your relationship with, uh, with Christ. And, and so I guess that's as far as I'll go with that. Does that make more sense? Yeah. Cause like, no, I, because, I, just because I, I think, you hold the yeah. unaffirming position to me, like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, so what? <laughs> that doesn't bother right. me. What, what would bother right. me? And when we talked about this on our, in my podcast, uh, you know, you hold to um, the Apostles' Creed, I think you said, right? Yeah. Pretty much. And so that's what we talked about. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't be if you affirm that. Uh, all the other stuff yeah. doesn't matter yeah. to me, really, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I-, I think one of the things that I've realized doing this work is that, like, I know it doesn't matter to you or maybe to me because we're not in those spaces. Like, we're not. I'm, I'm not gay. Right. But I think to the queer community, especially queer Christians, it matters a lot. Yeah. Because they consistently are trying to figure out, like, who who is a safe person for them? And then who maybe secretly might, like, shake their hand and say, hey, I love you. And then behind the scenes be like, yeah, but they're probably going to hell. And, like, you well, know, they're probably just being unbiblical. And that's, so, I think for them, they would see it differently than how you or I would because of, of, of what's at stake. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I totally get that. And like I said, I, I try and handle that extremely delicately with my LGBTQ friends. Um, I, I don't, you know, if they ask me, you know, do you think I'm a Christian? I'm like, I'm not, you know, don't ask me. Ask, mm-hmm. ask God. I mean, who am I to tell you if you're saved or not? I mean, if yeah. if I was born in your shoes, I know what I would do, but I'm not. I'm not you. And, mm. you know, I, th- I think scripture says that our salvation needs to be worked out by ourselves. Um, mm. So, you know, I, I think I have a much easier time saying somebody is a Christian when they're not in that. I'll, I'll admit that. I will concede to that. Uh, when they're not in that community, when they are in that community, I'm going to say, listen, that's between you and God. I'm don't, don't think that I'm the one that needs to cast judgment on you on, in that regard. Cause that, mm. that your, uh, the card that you've been dealt is a very, very complicated one. And I can't even begin to imagine the life that you have to live because of that. Um, mm. you know, 
And that's that's where how, I'll drop the ball, you know. That's where I'll be for you. How important is it? I mean, again, like I'm just sharing my experience, yeah. of, like kind of going from from where you were to where I am now. And like one of the things that really changed oh, so me than on top of <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, well, I'm definitely a Christian. I'll tell you that. I'm not sure about you though. It's, you have to work out your faith with fear. Oh and my gosh! Like that, you know, good luck, you silly goose. Uh, <laughs> um, but I. Listening to stories from friends who were, I mean, my roommate, um, one of my roommates was, was a gay, a gay black man. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, just learning, just becoming friends with him over time and hearing his stories and some other friends of mine who I used to work with who were gay, you know, those stories were way more impactful to me than like anything else. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it overwrote any any the bible is clear rhetoric because it appealed to my humanness of like oh my gosh i was taught that someone like you was this horrible person Mm -hmm. uh the reality is you're actually fully human um and just because i don't understand at the time made me fearful but the more i get to know you the less fearful i am and now i trust you and now that i trust you and you're telling me your experience with christianity Mm -hmm. and that doesn't match up with my experience something is wrong. Yeah. Like something doesn't add up because I've never been called an abomination for any of my sins, quote unquote. You know, I never, I've never heard the pastor get on the front on the pulpit and say, you know, Hey, um, you know, whatever, you know, like um, overeating, it makes you an abomination or like whatever it could be. Right. Yeah. And so I just kind of realized like something wasn't adding up. And those stories really started shifting the tide for me of like, this no longer makes sense for me to hold these views. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. If 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 folks were born like this and they're just looking to be loved and to be able to love, um, this doesn't fit with the view of God I've been given. Like flat out, it just doesn't. And you know, I think my strongest case for this, biblically speaking, is that. And I, listen, you're very intelligent. You interview a lot of apologists, so I'm not trying to give you a new argument. I'm just trying to give you my my view yeah, on this. No, it's I like welcome it. we have no problem jettisoning plenty of teachings even in the new testament i know very few men who who would not have long hair because paul says it's a shame for man to have long hair <laughs> i know very few people who insist that we have to greet each other with a holy kiss whenever whenever we, whenever we meet in person i don't, even hardcore complementarians don't believe a woman should be quote unquote silent in the church right so and, and of course when it comes to scripture like you know slaves obey your masters no one thinks today thank god we used to yeah. you know oh look the bible's clear right so to me, it's like we have no problem already interpreting scripture, and I and for at this point, for where I live in 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 this in this moment in history, if I die and get to heaven or wherever there is, and God's like, "Hey, man, you know, I know that you had these people around you who were just trying to live and survive, and they were born this way, but." My word was clear. So you, 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 you love too much. You were too empathetic. You were too loving. You were too graceful. If that's the conversation I have, I'll be okay. It is what it is, but I at least tried to love my neighbor as best as possible. So I think that's kind of how I got there over time. And then kind of understanding the verses on their own terms, yeah. I, I think, and in their own context kind of came secondary for me. For the Millers, movie nights were once tradition. Now Sarah could hardly get through the opening credits, not on that old couch. But one day while shopping on QVC.com, she learned Lazy Boy recliners had slimmed down a bit. And in just a few clicks, Sarah got her Lazy Boy chair and a popcorn maker and a soundbar by Bose. And with one quick trip to QVC.com, Movie Night and Sarah's back were saved. Shop QVC.com slash podcast and use code QVC20podcast for $20 off $40 for new customers. 
This is shopping brought to life. Yeah, no, I hear that. And I, I respect that. I respect the position because I know the affirming position has a lot of scholars behind it, has a lot of research behind it. Um, you know, I I like, um, I think he's been on your podcast, Preston, Preston Sprinkle. I like him a lot. <laughs> don't say those words I'm, around I here. I know. I'm sure a lot of your <laughs> listeners don't like him. Well, I think he tries though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the evangelical world, he at least tries to be loving to them and he tried and he i think he's okay with pay, saying pronouns as Listen, well right for for the record i mean i have his book back here somewhere uh, <laughs> embodied he was kind of my gateway drug into a lot of this to be transparent mm-hmm. and here's and listen i fully admit folks if you're out there and you are someone who's like preston is so dangerous i'm i i hear you yeah. all i'm gonna say is that preston seems to be a very polarizing figure in the queer community because i know a lot of queer people personally a few authors actually who who actually work with him okay love them. but then i know some uh, some other folks who are queer who are like he's dangerous he's push he's pushing like a really unhelpful view so i think he's polarizing even inside of that community yeah. uh, but i do think that like his overall posture right of like trying to be kind trying to be i mean in his book embodied he says the church should be full of queer people yes and he does not mention trying to change them he just says that the church should be full of them so i'm like okay that to me is like that's a start right. <laughs> and then we can work through like how we interpret literally four or five verses uh later on but i mean i, I don't know maybe some folks aren't happy with that answer but i guess i i understand what you're saying yeah and i understand the reaction like I empathize with that, you know, why they would view him as dangerous, why they would view people like Jackie Hill Perry as dangerous, why some might be even hearing me and think I'm dangerous because, yeah. because of the way that people have treated them. It's, yeah. it's been abysmal the way that they've been treated. I get that. And like I, myself, I, tr- I grew up in the church and I grew up being, you know, extremely staunch on this position and I would mistreat people within the LGBTQ community, like in, in youth group. And, uh, you know, as I grew up, as I got older, one of the, like this one kid in, in youth group, uh, he grew up and now I believe he's, he's, a uh, um, um, I don't even know. I, I don't want to mess up here cause I know this is very delicate, but I believe he's transitioned. And so I should okay. be saying she, I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, and they saw my mother, um, in the store, like I think it's a few years back, and now they're a, few, a full adult, and they were like, "Yeah, I, I hate your son because he did this and this, and I almost took my life because of, because of your son." <gasps> and when I heard that, dude, that that annihilated me, absolutely yeah. annihilated me, and that's why yeah. I have this tender spot in my heart for them. Like I, I'm not I'm not gonna if somebody asks me, am I gonna gonna go to hell? You know, they're gonna like really press me on that. I'm not gonna retaliate. I don't want to retaliate. I I because I, I understand that they're coming from a place of hurt from from my community. It, it's yeah. and it's it it really sickens me. Um yeah. just the fact that I've I've engaged with that. Uh, and I want to do better. We need to do better. Um and so that's what motivates me, I guess. And I want to get it like as I, and that's why I say I want to get as close as I possibly can to that line um and and i'm open to discovering what's on the other side of that line as well uh and, and yeah. continue to study um but yeah. that's where my heart is is like you guys i understand why you're hurting why you're angry it makes mm. so much sense and you are justified in that anger so i mean how angry do you get when you just see so many evangelicals like just 
closing their eyes and covering their ears and saying, no, 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 like we're not doing anything wrong. It's, it's not, we're, we're, we're just speaking the truth in love. Cause I'll be honest, like, and you, this is no secret, but that stuff, I mean, it like, it gets me so angry because I'm like, how do you not, I mean, forget just current 2023. You can trace this kind of attitude back to the 80s mm-hmm. during the AIDS pandemic. I mean, Bridget Eileen Rivera, her book, uh, Heavy Burdens, details this. I don't know how, especially leaders in these movements, really believe that somehow the culture that 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 they're helping to build is not somehow responsible for so much of the vitriol yeah. that we see coming out of of these spaces towards queer people. Dude, I get pissed. I get very pissed. And I've made multiple videos about this. Like there's um a video that Ali Beth Stuckey did on um oh. I'm sorry. What's what's his name? I gotta put a trigger warning I'm now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying all the all the terms. All the Totally. Um but she did a video about uh that that the guy that's on um the but like Cam- oh, Dylan. Dylan, yes, she made a video about Dylan. I'm sorry, I'm saying uh, guy. I'm this is hard. Yeah, because <laughs> okay. I'm because I'm thinking about the video. So the, I understand. And uh, she goes by Dylan, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, forgive me. Yes. So uh, the, she she did a video about Dylan and saying Dylan will never be a mom. You know, in, in her yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> cadence. <laughs> and I made yeah, a video right. like I responded to it. <laughs> Saying that you're you're basically being an idiot. You're being a jerk is basically what I said in in fewer words. Yeah. And not only was she being a jerk to Dylan and the LGBTQ community, but to uh, mothers and fathers too. Just the way that she was carrying herself, just an overall oh. net negative. So it's like uh, I was saying this, and she responded, and we went back and forth for a little while, and she's like, "Well, nothing I said," and she was un- like you said, she was unwilling to budge and even hear the argument that I was putting forth that pisses right. me off. And and yeah. that as much as I identify as conservative and I have these views, I don't want to identify with that community when they do stuff like that. You know, well, I, I have found, so, you know, I, I've been thinking about this actually for a while, Matt, and you're actually a good person around this okay. by because you still would be someone in, I, I, at this point, I would call you almost more a moderate conservative than just conservative, yeah. but it, it, it seems like there's, been this this far there's been this okay so i used to think of things in like conservative or liberal but now especially in more conservative spaces i think about the far right and like in like in like hardline conservative like for example russell moore right who's who's a conservative i have i've had him on the podcast he's a conservative evangelical yeah. i mean people like william wolf if you know who that is or 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 you know uh other like people who are in those far right spaces they think russell is like some quote unquote woke you know liberal yeah. and i'm like wow so it does seem like there is a pretty decently empowered movement to kind of push at least part of the evangelical church in a more even far right uh, um, trajectory than where folks like yourself or Russell Moore, or maybe even David French might mm-hmm. land, right? David French, for those of you who don't know, he's uh, pretty much a, a moderate conservative, like um, 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 opinion guy. He writes for New York times, et cetera. And it just seems like I, I'm, I'm trying to follow this as closely as I can. And I, I don't know how much longer, like, like the space that you occupy is going to exist, frankly, mm-hmm. Matt. Because it seems like folks like you or who I used to be, I'm either or either now like, okay, no, I'm not that anymore. Or they're pretty much Ali Stuckey and like Charlie Kirk 
you know, sycophants. Yeah. And I, I don't know how much longer you have like this space that you're in. Well, with, with these. And views. like I said, I don't, I don't want to identify with it. Like I have views that align right, with right, them. Like right. I'm reformed too, just like Ali, you know, and you know this. Uh, but I think it would align closer to like, uh, um, Tim Keller. And and people would yeah. think that he's a raging liberal. Totally. You know what I mean? It's like I see on Twitter all the time. Like Tim Cower. <laughs> Tim Cower, the unaffirming pro-life yeah. dude. You think he's far left? That's, like what? I feel like I'm, I'm I very closely associate with like Tim Keller's views and 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 the conserve a lot of like listeners of my podcast would be like, yeah, Matt's nothing but a filthy lib. I'm like, bro, are you crazy? <laughs> and so I get, right. I like that moderate conservative. Maybe I need to start labeling myself as that or a centrist. Maybe. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like one of the key differences is that, is that you're willing to have some empathy and you're willing to understand other people's perspectives and to say, Hey, despite maybe even my own personal disagreements, they're so fully human. Yeah. And I think what concerns yes. a lot of people in the spaces I'm in now, uh, who used to be you know in conservative evangelical spaces is we saw such a dehumanization of the other that seems to have absolutely no signs of letting up i mean when you have folks like charlie kirk who is launching turning point faith and and they're in churches and they're speaking at churches and they're doing pastor summits and it's built on on an ethos of of dehumanization of the other and making people seem like like they're demonic and they're trying to you know take over the country and you know groomers and CRT when that's your whole platform and you're attracting other pastors and evangelical leaders who are like yeah this is what this is what really matters in the world is like you know I shouldn't have to be I I don't have I, you know I shouldn't be forced to acknowledge that queer people exist because that's that's indoctrination <laughs> like when you're at that level it's like guys I can't be here yeah. anymore like this is the, this is no longer a reasonable position to have regardless of like where you land politically and that's why i think a lot of us left yeah and, and i talk about that a lot so my i like i have a silly podcast where you know we, we goof off but we talk about deep stuff we also talk about um goofy stuff but like under the surface is i, I want to help people reconstruct their faith and see that there is validity to it because there is like this um bad rap that christianity has because of how poorly we've handled ourselves um, you know, in the public and, and even within churches and just the view that people have, if you say I'm a Christian nowadays, atheists seem to have a higher moral standard than, than Christians do these days. Like online, it's like, oh, you're one of those Christians. You must be a hate, you know, a bigot, transphobe, all this other stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, and I think, uh, some public Christians deserve those terms. Like, please don't get me wrong. I believe that some really do, but Christianity as a whole, I think has gotten a bad rap because of those, those weirdos. Um, so right. th that's why I try in my podcast to show that there is validity to uh, church, the, you know, and the church history that we have in Christianity. Um, and, and there's, there's richness there and there's love there and there's kindness there in Christ. And so that's why I, I try and do underneath the surface. That's my, that's like my, agenda <laughs> right that i'm trying to right make my memes as propaganda form um well i mean, I mean for the record i i i the, the what you're saying is nothing new right. like I, I was 18 and realized and again i want to emphasize for your audience who might be listening to this like i grew up as as john MacArthur homeschooled as you can mm -hmm. get and was always committed to Jesus my entire life. I, I went to some more charismatic spaces over time, but always deeply in conservative evangelicalism. Like that is that is my my tradition. I was eighteen 
you know, listening to Paul Washer sermons, still realizing like, yeah, we have given Christianity a bad rep. I would tell people like, I feel like the janitor at the grocery store who's like, you hear on the on the intercom, clean up on aisle yeah. five, and I come over, I'm trying to clean it up, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I'll never forget, I was at some, I was at Starbucks or something, and I met a mutual friend. They weren't Christians, and the guy was, it was a gay man. First thing he said to me, "Oh, so you hate me because I'm gay?" The right. First. Thing. That's what I mean. And I was like, "Dude, first I said, first off, I'm so sorry." Um, I know that so many people who are Christians think that way. I'm not one of them. I, again, it was not affirming, right? I still thought, like, well, it's, you know, biblically, how, where, where do I land? But even at like 1920, I realized like we have a problem yeah. in the spaces that you and I have called home for so long. And I think what I'm wondering for you is like, well, where do you, where do you see this going for you? Because I don't, it's not. It's weird because I hold this weird space of I currently am not attending an evangelical church. I got kicked out of my church two years ago. I haven't gone back since. But I, but but the, I'm still a product of evangelicalism. It's still my world. It's still what I know. I still talk to people. I still am fully immersed in in that space. You know, um, and so. I'm still evangelical, even though I'm a, I guess, new evangelical. But I guess my question for you is like, what, where do, do you think there's ever a moment where you'll look and say, things are so bad here? I'm not sure if I can like stay in this space as a proponent of this space because I'm looking around and I'm like, I am, I'm not encouraged. Yeah, I get it, man. And I think the church has a huge credibility cre- credibility crisis, you know? Uh, just like you mentioned, if you say you're a Christian these days, you get that response. And um, I feel like I'm comfortable enough in my faith and what I've studied. Because, you know, when I deconstructed, I was agnostic for a, a year or two. And I just, like, completely renounced my faith. And uh, I hate, hated everything to do with Christianity. And then... Um, had a spiritual experience, I guess, quote unquote. And then I started to pursue Christianity and the history behind it and, and the true tenets of the faith. And like Christianity in its purity, I think sure. even a lot of agnostic atheists have to agree that it is good and it has always been good for humanity and civilizations. Like, uh, you know, agnostic atheist historian Tom Holland, he says, I love Christianity. It's been the best thing that's ever happened to the world. But, you know, he just has a problem affirming God, which is fine. Like, that's his thing. You know, Bart Ehrman, same thing with him. He loves Christianity. He loves Jesus. There's so much richness there. There's so much goodness there. And I just, I'm more interested now on, in helping rebuild the, the uh, credibility for Christianity. Um, because, I, yeah, you know, but, all the damage but, that's been done be, be, because of the credibility that has been destroyed in the public eye. I mean, what are you going to say? Yeah, but are you, are you talking about the credibility of American evangelicalism or of Christianity? Because they're very different things, right? Like, oh, like, yeah. American evangelicalism is a bubble inside of the broader Christian tradition, um, right? So, like, for you, are you trying to be like, hey, not all of American evangelicalism is 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 as bad as you think? Yes, we have problems. Or are you thinking more broadly of, of like, Christianity period? Yeah, Christianity period. I, I think Amer- okay, American okay. evangelicalism is just i think it's bankrupt i think it's morally bankrupt i think it's 
it's rotting yeah. a good way to put it it's just it's full of mold and yeah. rot and it needs like we need to do the hard work as actual christians people who hold to the like the true faith i think to put it <laughs> to put it like the catholics do i think the true faith is like really <laughs> sticking to the essentials of christianity and the person of jesus and and really like removing the rot and the mold of, of that the the mind the rot and the mold that has shown itself to be absolutely toxic to the lgbtq community to you know uh the races you know to minorities uh it and to children you know that's the type of mm. stuff we need to rebuild and do a way better job of and i grieve for the way that the lgbtq community like let's like always on the forefront of my heart honestly because like i have friends and we talk a lot and i'm just like and they tell me the ways that christians treat them and i'm like this is heartbreaking this is disgusting and so I'm mm. like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm totally s trying to separate myself from that. But I think the person of Christ and the person of Jesus, uh, that's what I want to represent. And yeah, but I mean, okay, okay so I'm got? with you on all that. <laughs> no, it's, it's nothing bad. I, so like, here's the thing, right? Is, is I no longer agree that Christianity, like even in its pure form, quote unquote, is like automatically um like uh the best thing or good because has there ever been the the pure form of christianity i no. mean like i what i'm trying to say is like throughout history right you can point to christians who have done immense good i mean you can thank the public education system in america yeah. was formed by a lot of christians right um, the, the foundation of modern science mm -hmm. a lot of christians were a part of healthcare um hospitals yeah. christians okay so i'm not what i'm not here to say is oh Christianity is all a bunch of BS, right? What I am trying to say, though, is that it depends on, on – it just depends because – and here's the thing. Sometimes people will say, well, they weren't true Christians. You know, the the, oh, the, yeah. the, the race-based shadow slavery owners or, you know, the people arguing mm -hmm. for segregation. But they would have – these Christians are the ones who would affirm – the, the apostles creed like they are christian yeah. they would believe that jesus died on the cross for their sins and all this stuff so to me i view now christianity like almost anything else where it could be used as a tool for liberation and to bring heaven on earth or it could be used as a weapon of oppression yeah. it just depends on 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 how you see maybe the bible or authority etc i mean what are your thoughts on that now? like i and i'm not sitting here trying to claim like i have the purity of christianity and i'm i'm you know it's i've arrived <laughs> no one else oh, has it yet, right? you know i'm not yeah <laughs> they're called cults matt they're called cults this is know? it guys follow me i start glowing and ascending towards heaven no, it's like yeah but 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 we see the string as it pulls you up yeah. <laughs> get him out of here um like the thing is yeah i i mess up and i'm sure that there's huge elements of my belief system and the way that I acted out in public uh, and even in my family, that's toxic. But I, I at least want to be self-aware enough to say that the, the, the superstructure of Christianity that I stand on, it is good and it is helpful. And it's like the orientation of it is to do good and to be loving sure, and to be helpful. Sure. So that's, that's what yeah. I'm aiming for. And that's what I think yeah. people need to be more aware of when they, so like, I don't, I hate the fact that when people like when you and I would say, you know, I'm a Christian, well, you hate gay people that I, I hate that, that that's a thing. It is a thing. And it needs yeah. to be something that uh, American evangelicals say, yes, that's the thing that Christianity is known for. And I'm sorry for it because yeah. I've been, I've been a part of a structure that has perpetuated that. That's what like, I, I want to get rid of the, the that whole stigma. That's where my heart's at. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. 
No, I, I mean, I, I think it does. I, I, and by, I mean, for the record, like that's why we have the new evangelicals, yeah. right? Like we don't, we also want to be able to show like, Hey, there are better ways forward than like this tradition that maybe in some ways has given me a foundation. I mean, I tell people it radicalized me, <laughs> you know, like, like I'm a radicalized Christian because of my faith tradition. And now I'm, I'm kind of continuing in that, in that yeah. path. Um, and we want to be able to offer better ways forward that promote human flourishing for all people, not just for, you know, um, white evangelical conservative Christians or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I think what I am always wondering is like, I think what I wonder a lot is just how do other, like what makes someone like Ali Stuckey, for example, so convinced that, that they are doing the loving thing? Because I hear it all the time. No, no, no. We love people. We're just telling them the truth. But I, I don't know. I, I We're not here just to talk about like, you know, right wing media, but it just seems like for me, the reason why I left conservative evangelical either theology or like views is because you had to do so many different mental gymnastics to make everything work congruently. Mm-hmm. Like it was very difficult to be told like, no, we love people as we call them abominations because we're telling them the truth because God loves them. Then it was hard for me to believe like, yeah, God is good and loving. That's why he's predestining people to go to heaven and the rest will go to hell because they're reprobates. So I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess I have to somehow square that circle. So I think a lot of people in my position are like, I agree with you, Matt. I think that we absolutely have an obligation to give the world some good news again, Mm -hmm. so to speak. I just don't know if my faith tradition of conservative evangelicalism has those tools to actually give people that good news anymore. That's where I'm at with it. Well, I think like the superstructure is the tool. (laughs) I'm saying that's my point. It's like the, we would, the the way that we think in America is because that we have like a Christianized, uh, you know, menta- there is a Christianized mentality behind the way we think. Like even to question our own faith, that's Christian. You know, hmm. even to to the, the the fact that we're we're seeking progression is Christian. Um, hmm. You know, because before before Christianity, there was it's it, this is the way it is, and that's it. And there's like caste systems, and and you're never going to go get here. But Christianity presents equality, and it pre- presents you know uh, re- reformation within thinking, human flourishing, and thinking. Um, and, and it elevates the, you know, the, the last to the first. You don't have that outside of Christianity. So I think the tool of Christianity is exactly what we need. Um, hmm. it, it just the way that people use it, like Ali, they use it destructively. And the fact that we can pinpoint yeah. that and call that out, that's very Christian in, in and of itself, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah, but I think it also just reinforces the point that like, it depends on which version of Christianity we're oh, talking yeah. about. Right? That's the thing. The fact that we can <laughs> see that, that, that the fact yeah. that we can see schisms within Christianity is also Christian because it's seeking to yeah. purify, you know, that which is good. And that, that's a mm, Christian thing. That's, mm. that's progress. And I think we need to, <laughs> what's up, Than? <laughs> Sorry. Just, Who is that's that? That's my buddy. Shout out Than exploring <laughs> reality. Who is that? Uh, he's an apologist friend of mine. Oh, so he's not going to like me. No, he likes you. He likes you. <laughs> He'll do a video on all of my contradictions and how pro- how progressive is so no, horrible. And yeah, he's great, man. I, I'll I'll introduce you guys later. He's amazing. But nah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, but I mean, does that answer your question? Though I think that um, sometimes you know the fact that that we can recognize the fact that Ali is toxic. I think that's a Christian 
viewpoint. Well, you and I recognize that, but her millions of followers yeah. <laughs> think that she is Christian. That's because what, that's what, like, I think what blows my mind every day, Matt, mm-hmm. like, and maybe this is why I should get off Twitter. Maybe <laughs> yes. this is why I should no longer be on Twitter <laughs> yes. because, man, I am just like 24-7 triggered by this reality that people like Matt Walsh, Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk, Ali Stuckey mm-hmm. are given so much street cred, so to speak, in evangelical circles as these godly truth tellers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, not only are they so often flat out not telling the whole story, they are incredibly dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Their their perspective is not one of, hey, it's not like one of, of yours, Matt, where you're like, hey, listen, I have these views. I get... That 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 they've been used in bad ways, but I want to find healthier ways forward. That's not the perspective from someone like Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh is like these people are scum. Mm. These people are demonic. They're going to ruin the country. We have to get everyone back to God in this flavor. And if you don't, you're an apostate Marxist atheist who wants to kill the country. And it's like, how can you have a good faith dialogue with that perspective, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's why I get so frustrated because. I, I personally, my hunch, then I'll stop ranting, is that we would not be in this like war of like, uh, I guess this culture war if, if, it, if Christians were at least kind and empathetic and willing to work with people to try and find a way where everyone's rights can be protected. I'll give you one example of this. Okay. And then I'll stop talking. So recently, I'm sure we all know about Jordan Neely. Hmm. He was uh, uh, an unhoused man on the subway station. He was yelling. He said he was thirsty and hungry. He threw his jacket down, etc. Um, uh, a 24 year old former military person put him in a chokehold trying to, I guess, contain him because he thought he was a threat. And you end up killing him. All right. Now, I think anyone who looks at the situation from what we know can say, wow, there are a lot of layers here, you know, a lot. I mean, but maybe we can all start with just because you're unsheltered and you're angry and you're hungry and thirsty, you shouldn't deserve to die. Okay. You would think that would be like maybe a good starting point, but it's not because immediately right wing media goes into looking into his past. Well, he had 44 oh. arrests. Well, they, and they start defending it. Right? They, 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 what they do is, and Matt Walsh, by the way, called the guy who killed him a hero. So they definitely celebrate wow. this, but I, it would be very different. If the if the take was, hey, um, this man was acting a certain way, but we should think about as a culture, how did this guy fall through the cracks? Let's let's look at this and think about how does this never happen again to another Jordan Neely? But that's not the take from these right wing media people. They are only concerned about spinning uh, this this reality where, well, essentially Jordan kind of deserved it because he's been arrested a lot. And I'm like, what Christian ethic are we drawing from? Like, where is that in the Sermon on the Mount? Where is that with the fruits of the spirit? Where is that in First Corinthians 13 with the love chapter? Where is that loving your neighbor to have such a callous take that, oh, well, because of his criminal history, criminal term used loosely, usually when you're unsheltered, you you have a, a, a criminal history because of situation that you're in, like for, for dumb stuff, like 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 loitering, for yeah. example. That's not the take. The take is no empathy. Yeah. It is just it's callousness. That is for me what gets me so fired up. I'm not saying people have to have the views that I have. Okay. I get 
that there's a lot of ways to talk about a lot of these situations, but the callousness and the cruelness and the dehumanization and the, the, the air of, well, he kind of deserved it guys. He was a criminal after all. It's like, guys, you know that we, we worship a man who was in, in an empire as a marginalized community member and was crucified by the empire. And he was innocent and we worship that dude. You know, like think about that for a second. So anyway, it just it gets me all yeah, fired dude. up. But I'm I'm not sure if you have any take on that. But I try to get it out. Yeah, somewhere. no, I so, appreciate that. And it is disgusting. And so I'll say this: uh, I know Joe Lumen is like a very polarizing figure. Um, I love I, Joe. I, I, I like friends. her a lot too. As you know, despite our disagreements, I really do like her. I had her on, I had her on my podcast, and she said something that really changed my perspective and, and how to view these things. She said because uh, we talked about. Uh, like how to evangelize in a way that's not hateful or like, cause she mm. talked about how proselytizing is, can be hurtful. And it was, she had a really interesting take on that. So we talked about that and I had um, a new Testament scholar on as well. So they, they kind of went back and forth, but we ended up all agreeing at the end, like, yeah, you should probably <laughs> just love people. <laughs> and, but anyways, mm. she said something that really, really like rocked my world is because growing up in church, I would always been told, well, the world, this, the world, that, and we, you know, we're, we're fighting a battle against the world. And the world was always people who are not Christians because they're, they're demonic. They're, you know, they're, they're living in the evil ways and things like that. But Joe, she said, she believes that when the the Bible's referring to the world, it's talking about the religious uh, and and the, the legalistic and, you know, the, the pharisaical people within the church. Mm. And those that we are to love are, are actually the unsaved. So when the world, when, mm. when she said, if we view the Bible saying the world is those who would take uh, the goodness of, um, you know, the word of God and that has that which has been delivered to us and pervert it and use it as hate and, and uh, you know, as, as a sword, as a weapon against those who do not believe it, that's the world. And so I think that people like Ali, like, um, I don't even know these names. I don't even like get into this really. I don't even know the. You don't want yeah. to. It keeps you up you all know, night. You got I Alex promise. Jones talking about they're demons. You know, <laughs> they're, they're evil. Well, and dude, and, can I just add very quickly? I just saw a stat that 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 the the right wing world, including people like actual lay people, trust Alex Jones and Infowars more than they trust NPR data wise. Think about that for incredible. a second. Oh my god! But gosh. yeah, dude, like. I, if we start viewing these people as Pharisees, and I think a lot of, uh, you know, American evangelicalism has become pharisaical because they use that which is supposed to be good news as a weapon, as, as hatred. You know, when you start calling people demons, I think that's about as antichrist as you can get. You know, you got people like, like Matt Walsh, like you said, and Ali talking about they will never, these get like it. That's, that's actual demonic activity right there, in my opinion. That's the real mm. world. That's the real evil of the air. You know, a lot of Christians like to over spiritualize, uh, talking about how demons are in their, you know, the freaking plants in their home. The <laughs> demons are on your TV telling you that the people that are dressed weird are demons and are evil when they're people. They're made yeah. in the image of God. Yeah. Like treat them like yeah. humans, treat them as, you know, right. as equals. Um, right. You know, I've heard actual preachers say there's no such thing as equality you don't treat the president the same way you treat a, a, a beggar like if that doesn't scream religiosity right 
Uh, that's, right. and, or just bad theology. Yeah. That's the whole point of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's that's why that you know, it's so bad. Yeah, and so that's what I feel well, like. I, I, the American evangelicalism is devoid of Christ, and if we get back to what Christ actually says and the way that he treated uh, those that you know he would quote unquote like w- would be the unsaved or whatever the world. Right. Um, yeah, you, we have to really observe the way that he treated them. And and okay, I'll stop with this. So. As much as I I, don't, I dislike and have been roasting Tim Ross, he said something uh, recently that I, I I totally agree with. He's like, Jesus didn't hang out with sinners; sinners hung out with Jesus because mm. you know he they 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 came to him because they saw, they felt his love and they felt his acceptance. So I think if we're going to use that analogy, like what Jesus hung out with, we 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 need to remember that we need to um, posture ourselves as welcoming, loving, accepting you know, primarily kind, gentle, uh, loving, full of hope. Those things are the things that we should be, um, people should see in us before they see a line drawn in the sand and and political views. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm reading JP's comment here. It is interesting. I think the issue I have that makes me not want to be involved with the TNE community is that most content is often presented as these views are the only right views. No nuance, no dissension. I don't understand. Uh-huh. JP, listen, my, my, my man, with all due respect to you, I do not understand this comment. I, I don't know how else to say it. You're first off, Matt, you're on the podcast. I've interviewed Samuel Duth. He's a Christian yeah. nationalist. I've interviewed Russell Moore. I went to Turning Point America Fest for four days and the <laughs> content on that. I've interviewed Honest Youth yeah. Pastor. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I just don't know how else to demonstrate to people that I will almost talk. In fact, I've talked to people that I came and air the conversation. I talked to someone one time that w- it was so bad. This person denied the Holocaust to me. And that's when I said, <laughs> okay, I can't air this conversation. There's no benefit here. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe on social media, um, our reels are too direct or whatever it is. But like the idea for me that, that, that we just have no nuance or dissension i just think is like very interesting personally everyone you know to each his own but i am always surprised when people give me so, this feedback because i'm like where? let me talk for you here because i know you're talking you know oh, go as, ahead, as, a, as the witness to tim so uh, i've known tim for a while and like i said we talk very often and we disagree like we just we know we, what we disagree on but everyone that i interact with that when they talk about tim they always say that he is fair and he is honest and he's willing to receive criticism and that's the ex- that's the experience i've had with tim too so i get what you're saying jp but like um you know it might you might, might just be looking at the content and not you know who tim actually is and what he represents and i think that tim he's willing to to show nuance and he's willing to engage with the opposition um in a fair and in good faith way and I will Venmo you your hundred dollars <laughs> after this okay, episode. So Thank you, Matt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, JP. J- so, friends uh, who are listening to the podcast, you know, after this is not live, JP is someone in the comments. Yeah. That, that's that's who we're talking about here. Uh, you know, he's he's. Uh, well, I'm assuming he um, says I'm mostly referring to social media content, which, by the way, is very fair because our mission statement is that we hold folks for we hold space for folks marginalized by the evangelical yeah. church, and we advocate for accountability. So, what we tell people often, well. By often i mean we've said it many times and we have a we have a, a highlight on this is that it, you anyone is more than willing to look at our content to engage our content to be in our facebook group the whole nine but we do prioritize certain perspectives over others and if you're someone who comes in with a more non-affirming position or a more conservative position on certain things 
we don't hold space. We don't elevate that position when it comes to that, right? Not saying you can't, you can have that view, but just know that the people that you're talking to are people who are probably going to push back pretty hard on that. So I get for some people, they can see it as like an echo chamber. I totally understand. But also most of our community are folks who are just trying to heal from like legitimate, deep traumatic situations that happened in their churches. So, but we tell people and JP, I'm not referring to you here. I'm just saying I'm using your example as like a way to kind of springboard into this conversation. What we tell people is that we see the Christian tradition, like a house, a massive house. And a lot of us grew up in this basement and we were told this is all there is to the Christian faith. Like if you walk up those stairs, it's a desert wasteland. So just stay down here. And eventually Things got so stinky and moldy and like unlivable that we took the risk and walked up those stairs and we went, holy moly, there's a whole house here. Like, and it's big. It's really big and really complicated. And there's tons of rooms. And I, I didn't know this existed till like right now. And I thought I knew what it meant to be the only thing that is Christian. So we're kind of that first room for people who walk up, right? And we're the ones who are saying, Hey, you can breathe up here. You can vent in this room. You can let off some steam. And we're going to prioritize the folks who have walked up and who want to think about things a little bit differently. So that's kind of how, how we see ourselves. And then we, you know, we, we offer tours of the house via our theology classes. So I understand why people who would not be in that position might think that we're just like an echo chamber or that we don't, you know, allow for all, all views because in a way they're kind of right. We definitely have a certain perspective that we're trying to um, prioritize over others. At the same time, me personally, I think this is what JP was saying, you know, me personally and, and the podcast, the podcast allows for these kinds of conversations, Matt, yeah. right? Because <clears throat> our Facebook group is like for so many, it's a safe place for them. If you and I had this conversation in the comments, it would never yeah. happen, right? It w- because people are not, they're not there for that conversation, but the podcast, you can have, these these dialogues where you're not going to agree and you can give people the option to opt in or to opt out so anyway jp i i gave you a lot there i'm i'm sorry but i i while you were while you brought it up i wanted to at least mention uh you know just maybe some more of like the thinking behind the work that we do and why we do the content that we do we definitely have an audience in mind and it's not the conservative and it's not the moderate in many cases (laughs) and at this point i'm totally fine with that it just is what it is no, I mean, and like I said, I deconstructed back in 2009, and I understand the pain that is associated with that. So what you're doing, I really appreciate because people going through that process, like I wish I would have had something like this when I was going through that time. Um, I was yeah. fortunate and blessed enough to have people that were in my life that were literally like hounding me and loving on me so much that I was like, oh, fine, I guess I'll become a Christian again, whatever. You know, <laughs> I was like right. loved into Christianity again, which I think uh, is a huge blessing but what you're doing i think is basically that you have a community that welcomes people that are hurting and questioning their faith or damaged from the faith burned from the faith and they have a place to seek refuge and i I really appreciate that yeah you know i tell people a lot and i mean i know we're talking about me here but whatever you know I, i tell people a lot like we try not to become fundamentalists all over again however there definitely are some like non-negotiables i think i have for the and that that the community has like like for us queer affirmation is like a non-negotiable, you know, like we're not going to capitulate on that. That being said, I have no problem talking to people who wouldn't hold those views, but as far as the organization goes, we're always going to do our best to prioritize the voices in that community because of how marginalized they've been 
historically. So if someone comes in and is like, I don't get it, guys. I'm not talking about JP here again. I'm trying to be clear. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about whoever comes in. It's like, I don't get it. Why can't you make space for me just because I'm not affirming? It's like, because you can go almost anywhere mm-hmm. else to do that. <laughs> but this place, we are unequivocally affirming and we want to give people, especially queer folks who have been so marginalized, a place where their voices can be elevated. Same thing for for black and brown bodies and indigenous folks. For women, we do our best. We're not perfect at it, of course. Um, but, you know, there definitely are some, some like, I think, bare-boned, like, foundational principles that we hold as an organization that we're still kind of fleshing out, but would definitely prioritize some voices over others, even though we would allow anyone to join the group or to engage in our content and at least spectate it witnessed what was happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does to me. I don't know if you're talking to me. <laughs> oh, that's good. No, see? See how easy yeah. that was? See? CJP, it's so easy. Just be like me. Say yes. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think the future is, Matt, uh, for like the world that, that you and I are swimming mm-hmm. in? Because I, I, I don't see a middle... I don't see a middle happening anytime soon. I think with like queer inclusion, mm-hmm. things like that. Like, I, I think it's either going to be a matter of you're either you are, or you're not. And if you're not do your thing, but like, if you are, we're going to keep moving, you know, that's just how man, I see it. That's such a good question because, um, oh man, I don't know if I can share what we talked about that you went to the other day that I said, every church should be doing this. Can I talk about that? Uh, every church should be doing. Oh, the thing that I did, uh, over at, at, at North point. Yeah. Can I talk about that? Are you okay with it? Why don't I uh, say it? Because I know what I should say, shouldn't say. And then you can kind of riff off that. So, yeah. So, I was at Andy Stanley's church a little while ago. Uh, They have a a program called um, Parent Connect. This is a public program. It's not a secret. Where essentially they help people who have queer kids um, love their children better is what they do. And so, I... I went to one of their big events on on, uh, on on a Monday, and they had a fully queer Christian panel on the stage. All different people. One, you know, everyone from um, uh, two women who were gay, an older man who was married who was gay, a black man who was gay, and also a trans man. And essentially, the person who asked questions just asked them questions about you know what it was like being Christian and discovering that maybe they were queer, and they were hopefully were trying to help parents in that room uh, learn better ways to love their kids who are queer. That was essentially what they do. So that's what I was a part of, and it, it honestly for me it was it was beautiful and, and and really hopeful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as the church is concerned, I think we should be making space for the LGBT community to feel comfortable, at least, you know, at the very least, they should be comfortable within the four walls of a church, whatever the view should be. Like, if they're not comfortable there, there's a big problem. I think, you know, like I said, Christ himself was extremely welcoming. Um, And so I think, you know, I I think that that's something that we should be working on. I think that's what's in the future is for churches that um, want to be uh, quote unquote inclusive they should be making space for conversations with uh, the LGBTQ community, whether they agree or disagree on certain, you know, certain topics or not. I think we should blur a, a lot of the lines of division. Um, uh, and that's, that's as far as I'll go with that. Like I said, I want to get as close as yeah. I can uh, to believing what they believe without, you know, there being a compromise. And I think that there's a lot of room there, like way more room than a lot of people in my camp are willing to admit. Like, call them by their stinking names, guys. Say mm-hmm. their names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your problem? Right. You know what right. I mean? If they want to be called whatever they want to be called, 
just call them that. Yeah. Like the because the I think my community has drawn the line so far back that that's why there's there's so much hurt and hostility. It's like you won't even say their name. Are you freaking kidding me? Right. <laughs> like right. how how dehumanizing can you be? To use your words, like, I, and that's where I think um, we need like my my uh, camp. I don't want to say the U word more because I've said it enough. Um, I think that's that I would like to see that more in churches. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to be able to yeah. have churches like that. Um, if I was a minister, I would grapple with that um, like a lot to see how we could make it, you know, a church, a place that is welcoming, but also standing firm on position. And I think what Andy's doing in, in his church, I think, you know, that was, I think that's beautiful. We should have. It, mm. So, because like, Maybe there's people in an unaffirming church, sorry, that have kids that are, you know, within the LGBTQ community, but the parents are not, uh, aff- uh, you know, affirming. There needs to be conversation there. There needs to be reconciliation within the home. Um, as a Presbyterian, the, the homes, the family nucleus is extremely important. It's it's the building block to society. So if, if those aren't getting worked on within the church, like that is you know, we're in critical condition if that's the case. Mm. So that's, those yeah. are my thoughts. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what, I don't know how to predict the future. That's what I would like to see happen. Yeah. Uh, but who knows, man? My prediction is that in evangelicalism in general, I've been reading a lot about our own history the past like couple of weeks and it's been very mm. eye opening. I think that we're seeing another push uh, to push evangelicalism forward. But the reality is that the institutions of evangelicalism are so powerful and so cemented mm. and so conservative that they will probably snuff out any attempt. Like I'm, it's not lost on me that our attempt to swing the bat to change things will is going to meet a lot of resistance and might not even be realized at all if not many years after this work stops. But I do think that like, especially people who are products of this culture, I just feel an immense obligation to do everything I can to push things in a more beautiful, loving, and also honest way. I I, I don't even just mean around like the queer community. I mean, like how we view the Bible, you know, how we view the Christian tradition. I, I, it's frustrating to think that for 30 years of my life, I really thought I knew all the different Christian streams because I knew about the charismatics and the reformed and that was it. You know, it's okay. Armenian Calvinism, the the two dominant ways about thinking about God's power. And then you're exposed to like Eastern Orthodoxy for the first time. And you're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) like they're a totally different room. Didn't even know they existed, but like faithfully Christian, what do I do with this? You know? So I think that a lot of us have an obligation to take our faith more seriously. But that for me means realizing that we are participating in a very big, complicated and and not monolithic tradition. We're just not, you know, and I think that's important to recognize. And again, something you said really reminded me of something. Um, A lot of apologists, like big apologists, like William Lane Craig are, are like evolution affirming. So there is a big reform as far as like, Things that yeah. the the evan- American evangelical church has held uh, like very strongly. Um, so there's a lot of reform happening there. And I was a former Assemblies of God minister, and I have some insider news that probably within the next ten years there's going to be a massive split between an affirming uh, AG church and an, an unaffirming Assemblies of God church, uh, like a big one, like a big split. Um, cause a lot of assemblies of God churches, apparently like the ministers are low key affirming. Um, 
so I think if anything, there might be splits, lots of splits and division and, and, and schisms as far yeah. as like things that people have held uh, as, as core doctrines, I guess. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's what I'm well, hearing. This is kind of our history, man. I mean, like the, the whole split thing, this was slavery. This was segregation. This is, this is what has happened over mm-hmm. and over again. And I think for me, I just told myself a couple of years ago, like, I'm not going to be behind on this issue. Like I'm, I'm not going to be someone who looks back in 20 years and goes, man, if only I saw you know, then what I see now, I just told myself, I, I want to be on the cutting edge of pushing things forward because from my vantage point, some of the big issues in our day in our cultural moment, historically in American culture, evangelicals have not always been on like the, 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 the dominantly uh, or, or like the dominantly right position. And the ones who were on that position uh, were kind of snuffed out. So I told myself like, you know what, if, if people think I'm wrong now, but we end up being on the right side in 10 years, I'll take it. I will absolutely take that because we can look back now and see how crazy Bob Jones was for demanding that the races stay separate yeah. because God ordained Oof. it, right? Like no one now, well, not no one, many of us now don't look back and go, man, Jerry, uh, uh, Bob Jones was a great fundamentalist. who really understood the word of God. Even my most fundamentalist friends think that Bob Jones was crazy for saying that, right? So what might seem so clear now might not be so clear in 10 years, 20 years from now. And so I think for me, and I think maybe the folks that I work with, we're kind of done being on the wrong side for too long. I just want to, I want to just go for it and say, this is where I land. We're pushing that way. And one day we'll look back and say, hopefully right call. Yeah. I think it's a good point, man. <laughs> anyway, dude, listen, we talked a yeah. long time, man. I mean, holy moly, hour and 40. This is like a trip fuller <laughs> podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm, how does he do it? I'm like, I'm famished over here. Um, you know, where can folks find you, man? I mean, you're obviously all over the yeah. place, but you know, plug away some of your Thanks, socials man. if they want to follow well, you. Uh, my big page is memes for Jesus. You can find it on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, I just make goofy Christian memes. Uh, it is the OG Christian meme page of the internet. And uh, Michael Schaefer is the man. He's the chosen one, like I said. Um, and then my podcast, if you like hearing me rant and babble and, and talk with other Christian creators on both ends of the sp- spectrum, like I've had 10 my podcast, I've had uh, lots of conservatives on, and I focus on reconstruction. It's called Meme Lord Monday, and that podcast can be found wherever podcasts are. I also have social media, but I don't really do too much with social media. So I would, I'd prefer if you listen to the podcast or watched uh, on YouTube uh, some of the interviews. So Meme Lord Monday or Memes for Jesus. Uh, either one of those, I'd be happy to see you. Sweet. Matt, it was great talking to you. Uh, live audience. Hey, we now have 12 people Yay. watching. We, we've more than tripled <laughs> uh, our numbers. So thanks for hanging in. And audience, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoyed it, we'd love your feedback on it. Uh, shoot me a message on Instagram. So um, Matt, I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow when I give you my newest real idea and you say, this is trash. <laughs> your, your, your hook isn't good enough and it's too long and too wordy. And I have to redo it. I hate so everything. I'm sure I'll talk to you more tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Ya no, porque Boost Mobile te da gratis un Samsung Galaxy A23 5G cuando te cambias y con el poder de las redes 5G más grandes del país. No más drama. ¿Qué será de mí? 
Cámbiate a Boost y llévate un Samsung Galaxy A23 5G gratis. Oferta por tiempo limitado, solo nuevos clientes, disponible en ciertas redes. El servicio 5G no está disponible en todas partes. Un dispositivo por línea excluye impuestos, aplican restricciones adicionales. Visita una tienda para detalles.